The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio Show. Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management has offices in Bend, Eugene, and John Day, serving clients from all over the Northwest. Give us a call today for your free retirement review. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. If you'd like to be part of the program, if you have a question, comment, call us 877-670-7117 or email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Just let us know what's on your mind. Uh, so this is pretty interesting with a, on Thursday hitting the, the U.S. hitting our debt ceiling. Uh, I thought this would be something we should talk about. Uh, well, savers have been obviously a huge beneficiary of rising interest rates. Uh, you can now get north of 4%, pretty, high, pretty far above 4% on really safe investments. You know, the one-year treasury is 4.7%. So savers are now the beneficiaries of higher rates. But guess who's not? The, the debtors, are obviously, are starting to feel the pain. The national debt surpassed $31 trillion. That's up from $23 trillion at the start of 2020. And by my math, that's not that long ago. <laughs> uh, and so both parties have a lot of responsibility in that. I mean, you know, well, Trump was president. He uh, spent $3.3 trillion, and so Biden spent an equivalent amount, and, and the spending just keeps going. And we all know that people, it's very hard to get elected telling somebody you're going to take something away from them, and that's why uh, we're electing doofuses. Uh, so the government's at the top of the debtor list, the U.S. government. The interest expense on U.S. public debt rose to $766 billion over the last 12 months. So over the last 12 months, U.S. government has had to pay $766 billion in interest, which is a record high uh, if it continues at the current pace. It will soon be the largest line item in the federal budget surpassing Social Security, which is a depressing, depressing thing to think about. And I don't know that, you know, I guess that everybody thought interest rates would be low forever and that we'd never have an inflation problem and that uh, the interest on the, on the debt uh, would be manageable. But uh, th we find ourselves with higher rates and, and interest just to service the debt. That's not to pay it back, just to service it is going to at some point be the largest line item. In, well, in the defense budget is just north of $600 billion in 2022, right? $630 billion, give or take. Sort of crazy to, and the term structure of U.S. debt being relatively short, five six years. Uh, you know, the logical outcome of this is, of course, higher taxes in the future. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, you know, because we know they're not going to spend less. <laughs> That's a given, right? Not they're not going to stop spending, so we're going to have to pay more in taxes. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that was interesting last week is we got uh, some big bank, uh, big banks. The big banks reported earnings. You know, earnings season has started. Um, and in the fourth quarter, net income year over year change. Uh, so JP Morgan saw a 6% increase in net income. Bank of America saw a 2% increase. Those were the two winners. What was interesting to see is Citigroup was down 22%, Morgan Stanley down 41%, Wells Fargo down 50%, Goldman was down 66%. So uh, obviously the, the lines of businesses that they're focusing on had a huge impact on that. Um, but it's very interesting, you know, as we go through earnings season, fourth quarter earnings season, it's going to be very interesting to see what earnings look like year over year. Because remember, ultimately stocks are generally uh, going to go up or down based on what earnings do over time, right? Because if companies grow earnings over time, that's what ultimately makes them worth more money and their stocks trade higher. And we know in recessions, earnings decline and we see stock prices decline temporarily. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens to earnings. I think you know, Josh had said uh, last week that we'll probably see a meaningful decline in earnings in the second half of the year. I, I tend to agree with that. And so, uh, but remember, markets are forward looking. So it's going to be very interesting to see how markets in general react to the fourth quarter earnings. And banks, you know, the, the credit card companies started to report uh, later in this week and they all start adding charge offs. You know, they bank against the expectation of people stop stopping to pay their credit card bills. And so, 
what they did in 2020 is they, you know, added all these loan loss reserves. And then, uh, of course, they add them back to earnings if they don't materialize because it's in expectation of people not paying them off. And so what your, the credit card companies all started to add pretty significant charge off allowances. And that's going to be a pretty that's been a pretty big hit to earnings. Whether or not they materialize is the open question just based on the massive uh, increase in revolving debt over the past, past couple quarters. It's likely to be a different scenario than played out in during the coronavirus crisis, but uh, we shall see again. So uh, earlier in the show, we talked about portfolio construction, asset allocation, how you should go about thinking uh, about building portfolios. And, you know, Josh and I um, are, you know, when we think about building a portfolios, we are really thoughtful about what makes it into our client account portfolios. They're the same things that our family owns that we own. Um, and so uh, we're obviously going to be really quite thoughtful about how we are building portfolios. But we're using, uh, we're building portfolios that use individual exchange traded funds to to get our exposure to the different asset classes we want to own something that's become very popular over the last few years uh is something called target date funds they're really really popular and the use is uh they're used a ton in retirement plans and 401k plans um because uh well the the they became uh, really popular, be- not because they're a great option, mostly because the asset management firms, the mutual fund companies, uh, figured out a way to get a lot more assets with in-house, to keep it in-house, to, to have it not go to other firms. Uh, so it's much more profitable for the asset management firm. So if you are a, you're, if you're American funds or if you're Vanguard or if you're BlackRock and you have a retirement plan with a company and you have your own target date funds in there, um, you know that a lot of the money in the 401k is going to flow to them, and that means you get all the money, meaning you're not have, you don't have any third-party money managers within the plan that could t- take some of those assets. Uh, so what they are, I should explain what they are, is they are um, they're associated with some date um, that you're going to potentially retire. So, so let's say Josh is going to retire in 2050, for example. Um, he would buy the 2050 fund, and uh, right now that fund would be relatively aggressive, meaning it would have a higher allocation to stocks. And as he as we got closer to 2050, the stock allocation would decline and the bond allocation would increase because he's going to be closer to needing that money. And so in theory, they sound great, right? And if you don't know of have any idea how to manage your money, you're like, I'll just pick the date that closest closest corresponds to the date I'm going to retire. And this very nice uh, some manager that is always in, interested in my best interest is going to manage my money appropriately for me, right? And, and so that's how the theory goes. Well, we looked at that how these things did. And the one issue we've had with them always is that within 401k plans, they don't have the best options. They don't have the best bond options. That's for sure. They're interest rate agnostic, meaning they don't take into account the interest rate environment. Uh, and so the, the funds that were supposed to be conservative last year and supposed to hold up against a market decline did awful. And they did awful because a lot of the money was in bonds that were very interest rate sensitive. And those bonds went down as much as stocks. So for example, we looked at the Vanguard, 2025 fund, which obviously is is you know three years away, so it should be very conservative. It lost 16% last year, uh, and that's 50, 45%, 46% of that money is invested in bonds, so consider, should be really conservative. But guess what? It was in intermediate and long-term bonds that got obliterated. I'm looking at the American Fund's 2030 target day fund, which would be relatively should be relatively conservative. That was down 20% last year. The American Fund's uh, 2025, which should be really conservative, down 19%. So what happened was these, these funds that, um, you know, historically have had half of their money that are very conservative in bonds – the bonds went down because they own bonds that are very interest rate sensitive. The bonds went down as much as the stocks in these things. Uh, and the ballast that was supposed to provide you protection didn't do it at all. And, uh, and so that's why these things are not a good solution for most of the people out there. I get why they're good for the fund companies. I get why American funds love it. I get why Vanguard loves it. But you, the participant, shouldn't love them because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And you're, the problem about holding them from a durabi- durably going forward is simply that asset allocation that you now own, because you got punished so badly by being, you know, just that interest rate agnosticism of, 
uh, the allocation and meaning if you were conservative, you still got punished. Your forward return is also going to be bad because the bond exposure is actually going to increase relative to your stock exposure, but it has such a limited upside that it, without taking a little more proactive approach, uh, you should not really anticipate great returns forthcoming. All right. If you want to be part of the show, call us 877-670-7117 or send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to tell you why none of you should own individual stocks. Stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. in-store or online during the January one-day sale this Saturday starting at 8 a.m. Coastal Farm and Ranch with just what the country needs. The year has just begun and the savings are ramping up during the January one-day sale at Coastal. Save 20% on all clothing and footwear plus 10% on most everything else in the store. And buy three bags of Purina Feed 35 pounds or larger and get one free. Discounts taken off regular prices, some exclusion supply, see store for details. All sales while supplies last. Free Purina bags of equal or lesser value offer good in stores only. Limit 10 free bags with qualifying purchase, not good in combination with any other offer. It's the Coastal One Day Sale. Shop in store or online this Saturday at CoastalCountry.com. Some items may not be available online. Coastal Farm and Ranch, with just what the country needs. Serving Central Oregon from Highway 97 in Redmond. Hey there, it's Lars, and I'd like to tell you about my friends at Volvo Cars Bend. Things look different at Volvo Cars Bend. They've looked at the market, they've seen the changes, they've made the adjustments. And now's the time for you to get into Volvo Cars Bend and see it for yourself. A great selection of Volvos and an enhanced selection of pre-owned. Volvo Cars Bend knows what it means to have a luxury experience. Come in and experience it for yourself. Volvo Cars Bend has all the buying options for you, and they're ready when you're ready. Get ready to be Volvoed for life. And don't forget, Volvo Cars Bend is a truly local business. They support a local charity every month. Get in now and see the great selection of Volvos and the better selection of pre-owned. Volvo Cars Bend, where we know luxury. On the north side at Highway 97 in Grandview and at VolvoCarsBend.com. That's VolvoCarsBend.com. And be sure to tell them Lars sent you. I didn't think it was possible to meet someone like Susan. We just clicked after realizing we each have a strong sense of self and share the same core values in life. After taking our advanced personality test, Daniel and Susan matched on Silver Singles, the secure dating site for 50-plus singles who know what they want. Sign up today at silversingles.com slash romance. That's silversingles.com slash romance. Paid actors representing true customer testimonials. Names have been changed. Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-841-0908. 800-841-0908. Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by finding us on iTunes. Uh, welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us on this uh, weekend, cold weekend here in January. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Uh, so Josh and I had the uh, inkling and we knew it was happening that uh, annuity sales were ripping last year. So we know that what happens when we see market volatility is all of the uh, 
salespeople, and I'm saying that that's the nicest term I could come up with, uh, salespeople came out of the woodwork and started selling annuities as a solution for these people's fear of the volatility. Instead of actually doing the work to educate people about why they should be invested and stay invested in that when markets go down, they get less risky, they use it as an opportunity to sell people products they don't need. And guess who the beneficiary of this of these sales are? The advisor getting paid a huge commission. So uh, Limra, uh, which is a research firm that's fun- funded by the insurance industry, reported that annuity sales hit the highest level since, guess when? 2008, 2008. the last time we saw market volatility like we're seeing. Um, last year, $265 billion of annuities were sold in the U.S. That's up almost 20% from 2020. Um, it, so, you know, what? what annuities, nobody comes to our office. This has never, ever, ever happened, and it probably never will. Nobody's ever come to our office and said, I want to buy a variable annuity from you guys. That's never happened, right? And so annuities are sold. They're not bought. Uh, And they're sold as this, like, solve all the problems. You don't have to deal with market volatility. You get income forever. uh, And there's no downside to these things. I have this silver magic bullet that that gives you exposure to stocks with none of the risk of the downside of stocks, and it guarantees you income forever. In in, in the investment business, if it sounds too – too good to be true. I have found that that's uh, if it sounds too good to be true, it always is. It's, it's just there's no math is the math on investing, um, and so uh, we're, we know that annuities are being sold, and we hope that our listeners of our show didn't fall prey uh, to the the great allure that annuity sales. Well, and then like. surrenders explode ten years later after their forward returns are abysmal following the purchase of the annuity, and so it's. Uh, you know, it's all quite predictable. It's sort of a pendulum swinging back and forth. It's- yeah. So just know that they're really expensive. They're tax bombs at death. Uh, you know, the the returns are abysmal because they're so expensive. It's just it's great for the person that sells it for you. And I feel like there's this, you know, inverse relationship to how good it is for the person who sells it to you to how bad it is for you. Uh, so this comes from Jason Zweig, who writes for the Journal. Over the last two years, investors bought. Uh, essentially 900 billion in so-called reg D regulation D private offering of debt and equity that don't trade on the market. So, uh, reg D, um, these are different from reg D offerings of pooled investment funds, which can include private equity, venture capital funds and major, uh, hedge funds. So what's happened is that, um, financial advisors, so-called financial advisors are selling these private placements of debt and stock, uh, and other assets that don't move and quote sync with the public markets, because the reason they don't move in sync with the public markets is there's no actual market. So they're not trading. So it seems like the price is staying stagnant. Uh, when in reality, obviously the laws of economic apply to these businesses as well. Um, but these advisors selling them can, uh, get, get paid sometimes 10% of what you're putting in them. Uh, there's a story in his article about this uh, 64-year-old semi, semi-retired semi farmer in Iowa. Uh, in 2016, he invested in private debt and equity in the Texas cancer treatment facility uh, through a local broker. Uh, and the, the broker promised him 8% annually. It, so the farmer invested 900000 Guess what? The 900000 is now all gone because there is no market. Uh, and if there is a market, it's at pennies on the dollar. So beware of all these people that if it, if it sounds too good to be true, it is in the investment business. There is no way around getting higher returns, through, and, but also having to deal with the volatility of the stock market. There is just no way around that. And anytime that somebody offers you something around that, it doesn't exist. You're taking more risk than you are, would have if you had just bought the market. <laughs> Uh, and that's always the thing that makes it sad for us. Okay. Um, so we talked a lot about why o- almost everything points back towards owning index funds or owning indexes as a, as a solution to indexing. And so Josh and I both like to say that if you can get average returns for an above average period of time, uh, you will be a great investor. That's sort of the key to investing. And the funny thing about investing, and we talk about this all the time, is that um, – you know, it's it's one of these things where effort doesn't improve results. In all of your life, effort r- improves results. School, work, sports, all those things, the more effort you put in generally, the better results you get. But that's not true of investing. Um, and so 
so many of you out there think that you can be buy individual stocks because I was a great president and all the reasons that you think uh, you should be buying individual stocks. And, you know, we, we know that a lot of you are doing it because we do free retirement views and we see these portfolios. And, you know, you could say, well, Apple's a great business. Google's a great business. Amazon's a great business. That's definitely true. But the longer time horizon you give me, then the, I know that the S&P 500 will beat the performance of those stocks going forward. Well, from here. And the argument in bear markets is, oh, well, these individual stocks are going to be more resilient relative to uh, the market. And that's your protection. And that's what the advisors ultimately pitch. But uh, everything it mean reverts, whether to the upside or the downside. And when you know that 4% of stocks are responsible for all of the upside over time, and <laughs> well, well, hold on. So most stocks are going to actually – most individual stocks are going to cost you money. Um, so there's a guy uh, from the University of Arizona, Henrik Bessenbinder, uh, who did this study. It's a groundbreaking study. And he looked at 26,000 U.S. stocks over a 90-year period. Um, and, 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 and then he did the study uh, and a couple years later looking outside of the U.S. And the reality of, uh, of this, buying individual stocks, the median stock fell by 15% over that 90-year period, only 45% uh, of, of stocks had any gains. Uh, the large majority, 60% of U.S. stocks, those 26,000 stocks, did worse than a risk-free one-month Treasury bond. Um, and, and, and so, you know, but stocks over that period, that 90-year period, did phenomenally well. Um, they generated $45 trillion in shareholder wealth. But the reality is it came from 4% of those 26,000 stocks. So no offense, and, I, and, and this is true of me and Josh and most people, who are, who are you to, to, to know? I mean, you're not going to pick that 4% of stocks. Uh, you, in order to beat the market, you're going to have to beat, find those 4% of stocks, and then you'll handily beat the market. You'll, you'll trounce the market. Uh, but the reality is, most of you aren't going to be able to do it. So, you know, obviously we know that if you look at the names I just mentioned, the Apples, the Amazon, the Google, Microsoft, they have generated a tremendous amount of alpha over the market, over their existence, but they've not done it in a straight line. If you looked at Apple since they went public, how many times it went down 70% or more, uh, it's quite a few. And so sticking through that is how you get the extraordinary results that you would have been generating. And then the argument that you're going to own them forever is also false. And that's that's the dilemma is people think that you will own them forever. But the truth is that they're going to mean revert to the downside. And if you look at – it's pretty clear when you look at the biggest ca uh, stocks by market cap every 10 years, there's very – you know, the, the turnover is north of 80% in any given decade. That's likely always going to be true. And so the point is you have to time that sell decision as well. But most people won't do it, especially because of the tax implications if they held it in a trust account or whatever else. But the mean reversion comes on both sides. You should all stop wasting your time trying to pick individual stocks. You'll do better by buying an index and doing nothing. And that's the, it's hard for us to grasp, but it's the truth. All right. Uh, if you want to be part of the show, eight hundred sorry, eight seven seven six seven zero seven one one seven. When we come back, we're going to talk about how often you should be rebalancing your portfolio. Stick around. Sign up for our e news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com. are on sale now for the On Point Community Credit Union Oregon Winterfest, February 17th through 19th, presented by Wild Mike's Ultimate Pizza. Be part of the Northwest's largest winter festival. More ice carving, more fire sculptures and light art. And this year, take a winter carnival ride. Bring the kids to the expanded indoor children's area featuring OMSI and get hot at this year's additional indoor music stage. Rock out Friday with the Sugar Hill Gang and Warren G. I got the sound for you, and it's easy to see that this DJ 
you get down Saturday with country music sensation Tyler Farr. Don't miss out. Tickets are on sale now at OregonWinterfest.com or at any On Point branch. Additional sponsors include Ten Barrel Brewing, Oregon, Crater Lake Spirits, A Bliss CBD, Avid Cider, Consumer Cellular, Best Med Urgent Care, Coenergy Propane, Eagle Crest Resort, Generac, KTVZ News Channel 21, Leaf Guard, Lonza, Pacific Source Health Plans, Redmond Proficiency Academy, TDS, Ukiah. Visit Redmond, The Source Weekly, and this station. Cozy up with friends and family this winter at Stoller Wine Bar Bend, centrally located at the Box Factory. Recently named one of the best wine bars in Central Oregon, sip award-winning wines, along with an assortment of perfectly paired plates, beer, delicious wine-inspired cocktails, and non-alcohol beverages. What are you waiting for? Grab your friends and head to the Stoller Wine Bar Bend. Open Monday through Saturday until 9 p.m. and Sunday until 7 p.m. with live music on Thursdays. We love it here, and we think you will too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas, California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows townhomes, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but you like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Central Oregon is a great way to describe where we live. It's centrally located, close to mountains, rivers, lakes, and within just a short drive of the beach, too. At Thomason Auto Group, they're just like you. They like to get out there and enjoy what this part of the world has to offer. But getting there should be part of the adventure, too. Thomason has hundreds of great cars, trucks, and SUVs, Handpicked so pretty much anything you're looking for is in stock and just waiting for someone like you to go out and enjoy your next journey because the journey is just as important as the destination. Thomason Auto Group is family owned with locations in Bend and Redmond. They're close by and ready to help you find the right vehicle to get you out there and enjoy the great Central Oregon outdoors. Enjoy the journey with a little help from Thomason Auto Group. Online at Thomason.com. Driving a big rig in winter can be tough. Breaking down in the cold is worse. If you break down in the Portland area, call Ultimate Truck Service first at exit 995 Vancouver. They'll keep any diesel truck or diesel pusher road ready. Air conditioning, brakes, you name it. In an emergency, Ultimate Truck Service will come to you within 25 miles or have your tow driver take you. Call or go online. Ultimate Truck Services. They keep you rolling. The mission is clear. Give honest, transparent analysis and actionable advice every week. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube and get our twice-monthly e-newsletter. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. If you'd like to take us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your portfolio, your asset allocation, whatever you want to talk about is fair game. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office to get it scheduled. The number here is 800-743-0988, or you can go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. Let us know you'd like a free retirement review. So... uh the collective market thinks that the Fed is near the end of their rate hiking cycle. Uh, Schwab did a study. They looked at uh, 80, not, essentially 9,000 investment professionals. 85% of those people think uh, that uh, the U.S. is already in a recession. And so um, I, don't, I don't actually agree with that. But so this is, this is the, the reason that the market thinks the Fed's near the end of the rate hiking cycle. I don't know if I agree with this. Uh, but the first one is that that stat that most people think that the U.S. is already in a recession, uh, which 
I guess, constitutes the Fed ha- having to stop raising rates, even though, you know, if you look at if you looked at Paul Volcker and other periods, they didn't stop raising rates because we were in a recession. Uh, the second reason is the, this is the big one, and this is the one Josh keeps pointing to. Uh, the U.S. national debt continues to grow, uh, and the interest expense obviously is rising rapidly. That last year, $766 billion just went to service the debt, meaning pay the interest, uh, the highest number ever. And we keep if rates keep going higher, that's going to make that problem worse. So a lot of people out there, including Larry Summers, think that the, the rates can't go much higher because just the, the interest on our outstanding debt would get uh, untenable. And then uh, the last one is that because inflation is headed lower, uh, that it's it's working and that the Fed doesn't need to keep going. Uh, gas prices are obviously down uh, about 40% from their peak last June. Used car prices are down 20% from their peak. Global freight rates are down 80% from the 21 peak. Uh, fertilizer prices are down 45%. Rents um, were down in September, October, November. And home prices are about 10% lower than they were in June. So... Uh, that is, uh, I guess, the case for why the Fed can stop or is going to stop raising interest rates sometime in 2023. Um, I don't share those sentiments, but I guess it doesn't matter what I think or these people think. The Fed's going to do what the Fed's going to do, right? If we have a recession, it's not going to be to the back until the back half of the year. The Atlanta GDP Fed now is still north of 3% nominal growth. Wait, is there, where's your crystal ball? <laughs> I don't see it. Oh, it's up here between my ears. Oh, is that where that, that mean the thing with smoke coming out of your nose? <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, happily bet a dollar on this one. That what we that, that no no recession third, no no official recession in the first half through Q two of twenty twenty three. Meaning that if we get a recession, it's third and fourth quarter. Yeah, I don't even know that I'm going to take a bet at all because I don't know that the Fed has the cojones to keep going, and I don't know that we actually even get a recession. I, I know you're coming around, and I'm not... I'm not coming around. It's not something I like. It's not something I agree with. It's more based on we don't have anybody with any backbone in Washington, D.C. anymore. Well, you know, I, I think it's going to be... Liz on Saunders talks about this rolling recession, and it's like, it, you know, you're going to see significant unemployment in certain sectors, and... Uh, you know, there's probably going to be a disproportionate level of pain felt in certain cities, i.e. San Francisco, uh, for those non-profitable tech businesses that are going to be out of business in the back half of 2023, a lot of them, because they're not going to be able to go to equity or debt markets. Uh, but I don't know that main, that necessarily flows down to the Main Street economy just because of this weird situation we are, we're in with the demographic transition. And uh, and I think a more likely scenario is the same thing Paul Volcker experienced. The Fed chickens out, but then inflation comes back, and then the Fed has to double down. And the ultimate recession we have to have. Is so worse. we end up being range bound in asset prices for yeah, but the half, ultimate a de- rece- half a decade. The ultimate recession we have is worse because the Fed can't get it right because the Fed doesn't have a backbone. Okay, let's talk about how often you should be rebalancing your investment portfolio. So first, Mr. Finelli. What is rebalancing for those of our listeners that don't actually know what it is? Well, when you first invest or build an asset allocation, you come up with a plan, and the plan is the proportion of what of every individual asset you own, whether it's large cap stocks, international stocks, uh, you know, risk reducers in the form of, uh, for us, short duration fixed income. But the idea is that you lay out those percentages at the beginning you're building the portfolio. So all rebalancing is, is it's just returning the values, those percentages back to where you initially contemplated them to be. So in 2021, uh, when stocks were up 27% and your fixed income, depending on what you owned, was up one or 2%, uh, that stock allocation relative to the bond one uh, grew dramatically. Rebalancing would have just been selling your winners and buying back the stuff that didn't move. That's rebalancing, bringing, bringing those percentages back to where you wanted them to be when you initially set out your plan. So an example of that for, would be, let's say, you know, uh, in 2018, at the end of 2018, you had 70% of your money in stocks and 30% of your money in bonds. And then, you know, we had a three-year bull market, four-year bull market. Uh, and now that 70% has become 82% in stocks uh, and 18% in bonds. 
uh, but your risk profile says that you should be 70-30, rebalancing would be selling the stocks to get your allocation back to 70-30. It's sort of a uh, way to uh, – it's a risk management tool for your portfolio, rebalancing, whether it's in a 401k or outside of 401k. And um, use rebalancing in our client portfolios when our practice uh, – and we do it a couple of different ways. But the, the one thing I want to mention is that um, probably most people are rebalancing too often. And so, Josh, explain how we go about the, our rules and how we go about rebalancing our the re Rebalancing too often, you know, markets tendency to rise in eight out of every 10 years historically. You don't want to rebalance too often because you're selling your winners too quickly. And so if you are rebalancing, say, every six months, and moving that stock allocation back to fixed income, uh, again, in light of the fact that markets tend to rise in 80% of all years uh, over time, you're selling your winners too quick and not getting, giving them an opportunity uh, to run. And so that, you know, rebalancing frequently is a risk reduction metric, and it will reduce the overall volatility of your portfolio. The more you rebalance, uh, the less variance there's going to be in your returns, but you're capping your upside. Uh, Vanguard's got some amazing data, data out there showing sort of that opportune time to rebalance over time for most investors. And, you know, again, it's all relative to your risk tolerance. If you have a higher risk tolerance, you want to push that time uh, horizon even further beyond 18 months. But uh, for most people, just in light of their risk tolerance, 18 months is a pretty appropriate time to rebalance. You're in most years going to be selling stock and buying fixed income. Uh, but 2022 is a great example. You know, we're not 18 months into this bear market, but we've got five more months to go. And if you were rebalancing every 18 months, uh, you'd be actually buying stock here uh, in June of 2023. So, but explain the rules by which we go about rebalancing. So we look at it two ways. You know, we have an op we have an optimal time horizon that we don't want to pass as far as rebalancing. That's the time based rule that we we've imposed. But then there's the threshold based rule, which you know we say at X percent uh, deviation from our initial target, we're going to rebalance no matter what. And uh, you know that's different at, for every asset class. Uh, but the idea is. You know, we want to be buying things that have done poorly and selling things that have done really well and bringing back those percentages in line with what we initially contemplated when we built our asset allocation. So if you have a rules-based uh, rebalancing plan that says when you deviate so much from your current holdings that you have to rebalance, a good example of that for us was uh, during the coronavirus in 20, March of 2020, our rules dictated that we had to rebalance our accounts uh, because stocks were down so much in a short period of time. That meant us selling bonds, buying stocks, our clients thought we were crazy, but it ended up working out. Um, and that's why we do it on a rules basis and not just uh, at the whim because we would have done, never done it if it hadn't been for our rules triggering. All right, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, uh, Josh and I do a short video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about uh, what's going on in the capital markets and specifically how it is affecting our clients' money and our client portfolios. If you want to get added to our e-newsletter list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Just let us know you'd like to be added to the e-newsletter list. And when we come back, we're going to tackle one last segment of email. So stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa final day. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. 
Save thousands. Be advised. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa. Final day. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. 18-month interest-free financing. Brand new 2023 inventory. Ready for immediate delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Huge factory incentives. Factory rebates. This weekend only. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. We can remove your old hot tub. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Come see the revolutionary new swim spa in action at exceptional prices. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Just relax and enjoy. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Just one day left. Final day. 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Free parking. Free admission. Free delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Call 888-SPA-SALE. Or visit hottubandswimspa-sale.com. Hey, there's a lot of cool stuff out here. Where are you? In Wilson's Furniture Warehouse. There's too much stuff. One of a kind's discontinued models and old furniture friends. Well, why don't we offer up the sweetest deals of the year and empty the place out? Perfect. The warehouse clearance sale at Wilson's Redmond and Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bend. Save up to 75% on brand name mattresses and power adjustable bases right now. Take advantage of Wilson's deepest discounts on instant comfort, heirloom, cluffed, and martial luxury mattresses. Save hundreds of dollars, even thousands. Special financing and always free delivery. See store for details. The warehouse clearance sale is on now. Better get in here. Price is subject to stock on hand. At Wilson's of Redmond, Wilson's Mattress Gallery Bend, we've got the furniture and mattress for you. Keeping it local since 1962. Hey there, it's Lars, and I'd like to tell you about my friends at Volvo Cars Bend. Things look different at Volvo Cars Bend. They've looked at the market. They've seen the changes. They've made the adjustments. And now's the time for you to get into Volvo Cars Bend and see it for yourself. A great selection of Volvos and an enhanced selection of pre-owned. Volvo Cars Bend knows what it means to have a luxury experience. Come in and experience it for yourself. Volvo Cars Bend has all the buying options for you, and they're ready when you're ready. Get ready to be Volvoed for life. And don't forget, Volvo Cars Bend is a truly local business. They support a local charity every month. Get in now and see the great selection of Volvos and the better selection of pre-owned. Volvo Cars Bend, where we know luxury. On the north side at Highway 97 in Grandview and at VolvoCarsBend.com. That's VolvoCarsBend.com. And be sure to tell them Lars sent you. Join Mark Patrick Seminars and stop smoking now without cravings, irritability, weight gain, or your money back. Only $49.99 guaranteed. Don't just cut down, but stop smoking once and for all. Also, lose all the weight you want for only $49.99 guaranteed. Let hypnosis destroy unwanted cravings, late-day eating binges, boredom eating, stress eating, and lose the weight. That's right. Seminar Thursday, February 16th at the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel in Bend. Stop smoking 8 p.m., weight loss 5.30 p.m. Sign up for both at MarkPatrickSeminars.com. your free retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Call us today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Welcome back. If you'd like to be part of the show, you have a question or a comment, call us 877-670-7117. Or send us an email by going to our website, uh, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So Nick Majuli is a uh, blogger, I guess, for lack of a better term, financial topics. Um, and he put out a blog last week on the 17th uh, entitled, How Much Income Do You Need to Be Rich? And it's got a ton of data in there. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole thing uh, because it will probably offend most people. But uh, so in, I'm going to look at income here. He said um, the top 10. So he looked at the top. Uh, 10%, 5%, and 1% of incomes in the United States. So to be in the top 10% of income in the United States, you need to make $191,000. To be in the top 5% of income, you need to make $290,000. And to be in the top 1% of all earners here in the United States, you need to make $867,000 a year. Obviously, and depending on where you live, uh, 
in Bend, that's minimum wage. No, but in the state of Oregon, the numbers are lower. But nationally, top 1%, 867,000. Uh, the data that I thought was meaningful for everybody out there, because we know this to be true, uh, education matters, right? So if you look at the unemployment data uh, during recessions, when you look at people with college degrees or advanced degrees, uh, unemployment rate for that group of people is much lower than for people without it. And so um, now that I am, I have a kid who's a senior in high school and a kid that's a sophomore in high school, and I'm going through this college process, uh, there are a lot of ways to get college paid for, and there are a lot of good schools. Uh, I mean, my son, um, without even asking, got offers from two schools that the cost would have been the same for him to go to these schools. And these are good universities. The cost would have been the same for him to go to these schools as it was when I went to college uh, in the late 90s. So uh, there are lots of ways that you can go to college in this country um, because it's become an arms race. Once they, they, the federal government guaranteed uh, student loan debt, uh, these universities uh, are all competing like crazy for these kids. It's, it's unbelievable what happens. But uh, my point is that um, unemployment rates for people with college degree or greater are a lot less in a recession. Uh, and then here's the income levels difference. So, um, the average person uh, in, in the 90th percentile of income in these different categories. So this is the the top 10% of people in these different categories. No high school degree, 74,000 those people make. High school degree, 122,000. Some college, 142,000. But if you have a college degree and you're in the top 10% of earners, you're getting you're making 320,000 dollars a year. So. Not, and I'm not saying that that's, you know, and they'll be able to make a lot of money. I'm more interested in how these people do when we have a recession. Generally, they are able to keep their job if they have a college degree or greater. I, uh, you've got just a couple years left in your peak earning years before you get into the uh Well, the funny thing is about Josh, he has 17, he has 17 degrees, so... He should be in the top 0.01% based on the amount of degrees that he has. <laughs> well, I mean, our, our profession's interesting. But one compare, thing I know is if, we, if, we have a, if it gets cold, we can burn your degrees to stay warm. <laughs> yes, yes, that is very true. Like Pablo Escobar burning $100 bills. Our profession's a little different than this histogram with, you know, declining wages because you think about... Uh, the advisory business, the old guys that have accumulated these large books that have been around forever and uh, don't do much work, They're, uh, they defy the statistics here. Looking forward to it. <laughs> okay, let's tackle some emails. We got an email from Paul here in Bend. Uh, Paul says, I'm very fortunate to be receiving a large lump sum pension. I'm confident in the I'm confident in the stock market and plan to invest the money in a variety of stock market index funds. That's hallelujah, Paul, uh, within his 401k. I don't understand how he's getting a large lump sum, whatever. Uh, I read, see, and hear conflicting advice on whether to invest it all at once or dollar cost average. What's your advice? Meaning, I think he just wants us to tell him what he should do with the lump sum pension. Well, provided. First of all, hold on. The pension, you might want to consider taking the pension as an income stream. Most of the time, the pension that you would get if you took it as a monthly income stream is going to be better, a better deal for most people than taking it as a lump sum. Lump sums think often about get why, people in trouble. Yeah, think about why they're trying to lump sum you is ultimately because they're going to win. They don't want it. They believe that that avenue will cost them less. That's sort of a general rule of thumb there with the lump summing. And so, so the second part of his question, assuming he does take the lump sum, how should he go about getting the money invested? He believes in the market. He invests in index funds. Uh, but how should he go about doing it? Well, as crazy as it sounds, uh, you know, and this maybe is counterintuitive. won't be crazy when you, when you back it up with data. <laughs> the, it's counterintuitive, but lump summing it is the best option. And that's provided you're doing it in a balanced portfolio where you do have some risk reducers in there. Uh, but... Even if you're investing at market peaks. Wait, wait, yeah. So explain why the lump sum statistically is the best way. It's not always going to work out that way, but statistically. It comes down to that dumb old adage that we so often reiterate, but time in the market is ultimately what matters. And, but uh, also 80% of years, the stock market's positive. Yeah. And so it's, you know, even at a market peak, if you were doing this in December of 2021, uh, the expectation over the 10 and 15 year period that follows is you're going to outperform those individuals that deploy it in the dollar cost averaging uh, over the, the preceding couple years. So that are, you know, still plodding along 
uh, dollar cost averaging every month. And that is the tendency of markets to rise. And bear markets, you know, we're nearing sort of the statistical end of the average bear market, or at least in the next few months. And uh, it may not feel the best, especially in the first one and three years after you do it. But uh, those compounded reinvestment of dividends dramatically improve your forward returns over time. And so even if you do it right before a market peak, uh, your lump summing into markets uh, will tend to outperform dramatically. And the degree of outperformance is going to be a function of how long a time horizon you go forward. The longer the time horizon going forward, uh, the more outperformance there will actually be. Uh, but it's not going to feel that that way, especially if you did it right before you know a market. Well, so off. that's the data, right? That's the statistical data that we know that that's. But the reality of of people's situation is that for most people, they'll feel better about dollar cost averaging because uh, it won't be you know the, the declines will be less if the market goes down over that period, uh, and they'll be always being able to put money to work uh, when markets are, dec are declining. But the the, the, re the situation is such that what happens when people say, okay, well, I'm going to dollar cost average and the market then goes down, they freeze and they stop doing anything. So, um, Paul, the important thing to do is, one way or another is if you either lump sum it or going to dollar cost average, you got to keep going. You can't pause because the market goes down and you want to wait for it to keep going down. You have to come up with a plan and stick to that plan no matter what the market does. The, what the market does in the next 12 to 24 months does not determine whether or not you made a good decision. And so many people that come to us as new clients, you know, what we do, what, what their account does in the next six months determines if we're good or not. And that's just not fair. All right. That's our show this week. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Remember, buy low, sell high. We'll see you next week. been listening to partners of Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management on the radio show, Financial Focus. Remember, you can email or call with your questions anytime during the week. Visit NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com for more information. See you next week on Financial Focus. Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from an investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor, and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it's suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice.